Hi there, it's Caroline Foran from Owning It, the Anxiety Podcast, and this is a Staycast from Acast. Please, please, please do follow the government's advice right now, which is currently to stay at home where possible. The sooner we all get on board with these measures, the sooner we will be all together again. While you're staying at home, here's a recommendation for another great podcast for you to listen to. I think we need a bit of comic relief more than ever, so why not try the Two Johnnies podcast, available on the Acast app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to Mirror Football's Football Spy Podcast. We're going to be here every weekday of the transfer window, bringing you the latest feelings and dealings. I'm Martin Dorman, standing in for Aaron Flanagan today, and I'm joined by Jack Rathbone and James Whirling. Thank you for joining me, gentlemen. We're going to start with a, a long-running transfer saga that's actually come together very quickly. Alisson has completed his move from Roma to Liverpool, £67 million a world record fee for a goalkeeper, a six-year deal. He will be unveiled by the Anfield club in the coming days. James, a good deal? Yeah, I think so. Look, you know, we all know the problems Liverpool have had um, in, in their goalkeeping department. We saw the absolute nightmare Loris Carriers had in the Champions League final. And if Jurgen Klopp wasn't convinced before that that he needed to go and get a goalkeeper... I think that you know that that must have absolutely rubber stamped it, and even in pre-season, you know they've only played two games, and we've only, we've already seen Carius make a couple of a couple of errors. So, um, and and also with uh, Simon Mignolet as well, who obviously Carius usurps as their number one. They were really were desperate for a goalkeeper, and you know they've gone out and got the most in-demand goalkeeper in the world. It's it's no surprise that it's a world record fee. It's only 25 years old, which is very young for, still for a goalkeeper. Um, had an impressive World Cup. Um, you know he he's he's definitely within the top three or four goalkeepers in the world, and Liverpool want to compete at, in into the last stages of um, European competition as they did last year. They want to challenge Manchester City this season, mm. and uh, to do that they had to go and get a decent shot stopper. And Jurgen Klopp's managed it. It feels like Jack that Jurgen Klopp's finally putting all the pieces together of his jigsaw. For a long time, Liverpool were defensively suspect. They signed Virgil Van Dijk last last season, of course. Paid a lot of money for him. It, it felt like, as I said, the goalkeeping situation was the, maybe the one last problem he had to solve. And for a while, it did look like he would stick with Carius, who I'm sure now, well, his, his future certainly very uncertain. But it feels like Allison was the the last piece of the jigsaw, as I say. Yeah, I think this is the last piece in the jigsaw. Certainly, of a starting eleven, I think they might want to pad the squad out a little bit. But Allison is about as good as it gets on the open market. You've seen uh, Jan Oblak's uh, release clause is certainly in that ballpark, but I think Alisson is, uh, has proven himself to be a top-class keeper over the last season, as James said. Didn't start in his first season in Rome after moving from Internacional, but uh, has quickly established himself, and I think certainly to be number one for Brazil, above Edison in the pecking order, for anyone who doesn't know of Alisson, that just proves his credentials. So I think Klopp can be confident that he's not going to be let down by a glaring weakness anymore. It's now going to be about what he does on the training pitch and about this Liverpool side replicating their sort of quicksilver attack and their ruthlessness in front of goal, whether he can um, rely on Salah's prolific uh, nature in front of goal I'm not too sure but the the goals will come from elsewhere I'm sure and um, Navi Cater is a, is a worthy addition Fabinho um, in the defensive midfield role 
I think they've got everything now they need to progress as far as they did last season in the Champions League and maybe go on one step further and win it. Mm. One place the goals won't be coming from, unfortunately, is from Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. Obviously missed the end of last season and the World Cup through injury. He'll now be out for the ne- the rest or the forthcoming season. Um, so on a good news, it was sort of a good news, bad news day for Liverpool yesterday. The, the signing of Alice and James seemed to signal the end of their transfer business for this summer, but will they now be forced to, to get the checkbook out again, maybe given, given Oxlade's situation? Well, they have added a couple of players in midfield, haven't they, as, as Jack alluded to in... Um in Fabinho and Cater, Cater. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know, I think I'd, you know what Klopp might be tempted, but I I don't see them going back in. To be honest, I think having splurged so much money on Allison, which you know, don't get me wrong, is 100 percent the right thing to do. Um, I think that probably signals the end of their spending. Look, it's such a shame for Slade Chamberlain. He had he had a real sort of coming of age season. Last year, it's easy to forget he's still a young player given the amount of time he's been around, and he had he had a few problems with injuries at Arsenal, and no one was really sure about how the direction in his in which his career was going when he signed for Liverpool. But you know what a move it turned out to be for him. He um, he got himself as a, a shoe in for the World Cup squad um, with incredible performances for Liverpool last year, some great goals, long range strikes. Uh, and just his general all-round play was great, and you know he would have he would have certainly been on the plane for England and probably would have started at the World Cup mm. had um, had he not picked up the injury. And you know you sort of thought you know it's a shame for him he's going to miss the World Cup, but again he'll have a chance to go this season and improve himself again. But you know we've seen it time and again; it's, it's so difficult for players to come back when they've had such a long layoff. It, by the time he plays again, it's going to be like probably eighteen months from his last yeah. game to his next. Um, we saw Santi Cazorla has gone obviously two years uh, without any football and for players to come back from that and, and be their old self is um, is pretty rare so you know from from an English point of view certainly let, let's hope that he can he can get himself right Absolutely Jack it's obviously I'm sure Manchester City will start the season as favourites for the title but there's surely there, there's no excuse for Liverpool anymore there's no there's no sort of caveat to saying they are title you know title challengers but this could happen really they have to be there for the duration no yeah no doubt about it Jurgen Klopp once said that he wanted to do things in a different way not to spend lavishly Mm. well that that statement is proving false in 2018 he now has to deliver there's no doubt about it they haven't won a trophy under his tenure he's been very impressive Mm. no doubt about that but if we just fast forward uh, 12 months, if he's still sitting there without a trophy, obviously his job probably won't be under threat, mm. but no trophy next season cannot be it cannot be anything but a failure. I think Liverpool have got it in them to not only win a, win a cup, but certainly they've proven in the Champions League that they're very legitimate contenders. And now it's all about the Premier League. It's a massive gap from uh, them to Manchester City last season. But I think in terms of Bridging that, adding Cater, Fabinho, Allison, Van Dijk uh, for a full season. Mm. I mean that that should really bridge a, a lot in it in itself. Whether City will cool off, I think it's hard to see them matching last season's points total. So that should bring them within range. Uh, Pep Guardiola clearly wanted a defensive midfielder or a, a passing regista, shall we say, in um, Jorginho, but Chelsea beat them to that. So he's clearly not absolutely happy with his squad so I think it's, it's very positive for Liverpool fans uh, they're trending in the right direction City while they're on the on the, the crest of a wave they're at the peak maybe they're not not quite 
improving as much as they would like to. So yeah, they, they're going to contend next season. And um, but the pressure is on. How do they react to pressure? City mm. proven how how successful they were last season under pressure. It's all about week in week out now for for Klopp. Can he can he stay the pace? It remains to be seen. Yeah, of course, only three weeks to go until the transfer window closes. So although it feels like Liverpool might be you know done their business early, actually there's not that long left for mm-hmm. for, for clubs to actually uh, to buy to bring in players. Staying on Merseyside, Everton now, of course, under the stewardship of Marco Silva, been relatively quiet in the blue half of the city so far this summer. But one player they are interested in is Wilfred Zaha, Crystal Palace, of course, who's obviously had that terrible, well, that bad spell at Manchester United, didn't really set the heather light there, went, went to Palace, has rebuilt his career, certainly been very impressive last season. A number of clubs interested in signing him. Hard to see Everton being particularly attractive to him, James. Yeah, look, I think you know, he obviously had a great season, didn't he, last year? And um, he, was, he was real key for Palace in, in their fight to stay up. Obviously, they had an absolutely shocking start, the worst mm. in history. They looked dead and buried after sort of seven or eight games. Roy Hodgson turned it around miraculously, kept them up, and he was a huge part of that. Um, he was one of the best players in the second half of the season, especially in the whole league. Probably, well, maybe even the best player outside the top six clubs. I'd, I'd, I'd even go as far as to say that. Um no surprise to me clubs are sniffing around I'm perhaps a little bit surprised that we've got to this stage in the window without any real mm-hmm. firm rumours of, of him moving on um, Palace I think are in for a real tough season this time they've obviously lost uh, Ruben Loftus-Cheek uh, if Zahar leaves as well as well Sacco's gone uh, Johan Kabay also gone um, there if Zahar leaves it's difficult to see Palace in my opinion doing anything other than battling to stay up mm. It's hard to see, you know, Zaha's obviously not going to stay at Palace for for the rest of his career, Jack. Is this a perfect time to get out now, as James says, almost before the ship sinks, if you like? And if so, where should he be be looking at? I think it's tough for Zaha. Obviously, he'll have some trepidation about Mm. moving again. Palace have been good to him. They've helped uh, rebuild his reputation and uh, certainly his starring role under Hodgson has allowed him the platform to really shine and show his true potential. It's enabled him to become an international star with the Ivory Coast. I think Zaha's preference will probably be to move to to a Champions League club and I think the perfect place will probably be somewhere like Spurs where Pochettino will certainly give him a starring role but the competition as such won't be won't be as fierce as as other as other clubs that said marco silva will give him guaranteed minutes perhaps even more so than um at a club like spurs and it's just about whether he feels they have the potential to make it to that the top tier of uh, european football let alone the premier league because i think that's the sort of uh, potential zaha has i think Maybe one more season at Palace just to really sort of uh, polish any other mm. sides to his game. Um, but that said, if a 60 million bid comes in, um, Palace are going to be reluctant to turn that down, even as James said. Uh, without him, they will be nailed on relegation candidates. Mm-hmm. Let's just finish with a trip to Spain and La Liga. Barcelona being, again, relatively quiet. Obviously, lost Paulinho, well, lose him. He's chosen to go back to, to China. doesn't seem like they're particularly upset with this news. Of course, their rivals, Real Madrid, have lost to Cristiano Ronaldo. But it looks like they could be closing in on the signing of Adrian Rabio from PSG. Good signing, Jack? 
I think it would be a good signing, um, having lost Paulinho, who started off very nicely at the new camp, but certainly called off. And while he was chipping in with a few goals, offered a different dynamic, a more physical box-to-box approach. Rabiot is certainly more the type of player that would fit in nicely at, at Barcelona. I think while they've added Artur from um, Gremio, he's a very nice player that looks like he's got similarities to Iniesta. He won't be ready perhaps for another few minutes. So I think um, someone like Rabbit. A few minutes. <laughs> I think he's going to need a little more than a few minutes, Jack. <laughs> probably, a, probably a few months, yeah. Um, we know what you meant. Yeah, he'll, he'll need a few months. Uh, so I think someone like Rabiot with Champions League experience would certainly be welcome um, under Ernesto Valverde. It's just whether PSG want to let him go for somewhere in the region of 30 million euros. It's not a lot of money and they'd lose a, a key part to their side, um, a Frenchman at no, no, no least. So uh, I think it's, it's an interesting one. It's, uh, it could prove a risk for PSG to let someone like, of that talent go, though. Excellent. Well, that is all we have time for on today's edition of the Football Spy podcast. We will be back, of course, tomorrow with the latest news from across the world, not just family. You can keep up to date with all the latest news on our live transfer blog and, of course, across social media, Twitter, Facebook, even on Instagram if you fancy a little picture. We are at Mirror Football. Thank you for listening. Hi there, it's Caroline Foran from Owning It, the Anxiety Podcast, and this is a Staycast from Acast. Please, please, please do follow the government's advice right now, which is currently to stay at home where possible. The sooner we all get on board with these measures, the sooner we will be all together again. While you're staying at home, here's a recommendation for another great podcast for you to listen to. I think we need a bit of comic relief more than ever, so why not try the Two Johnnies podcast, available on the Acast app or wherever you get your podcasts.